Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Turn up your volume. This is Unfuck Nation. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to this week's episode of Unfuck Nation. I am your host, Gary John Bishop, and of course, bringing you the best in two accents in one since 1990, freaking something. All right, well, welcome to this week's show. You know, I'm always thinking of ways to give you new information, and sometimes I'm thinking of ways to give you existing information in a new way, right? Because not everything hits the way that it's designed. And the conversation that I'm creating for you this week comes out of a chat that I had with somebody fairly recently. And we were talking about, you know, the default way that you and I relate to each other. So, you know, if you look at your life, there's a way that you relate to certain people in your life. And that way that you relate to them is there by default. Now, one quick way to work that out is if a person in your life calls you and you look at their name on your phone, that existing relationship that you have with them is immediately recalled, immediately comes to mind, right? Who they are for you. And I'm not talking about the trivial things like their freaking name or something. I'm talking about the kind of fundamental the gravitational relationship that you have with that person is recalled in an instant. That also includes, I might add, people that you haven't spoke to in three months, six months, a year, two years, five years, 10 years. If you were to meet that person or that person was to call you on the telephone, your default relationship to them is immediately recalled. Now, when I wrote my last book, Love Unfuck, the relationship book that I wrote for you guys, I wrote that book because I wanted people to get really grounded in what it actually takes for you to produce an extraordinary relationship. But also included in that book was a way for you to break through the trust of how your relationship is right now or how it's been previously. Now, if you're currently in a relationship, or you were in one, or if you look at a relationship you have with a friend or a family member, or even somebody you work with, there's an existing paradigm of relatedness. It's already there, like I said earlier. 
And every day or every week or however often you talk to that person, that relatedness, that existing paradigm of relatedness is never interrupted. You're always recognizing in that person how you've recognized and what you've recognized in them previously. So it never really changes. And where it gets really tricky is in, is in love relationships. Because if you've had a condition of relating to your partner through the eyes of cynicism or resentment, it's very challenging to relate to that person in a new way, given that undercurrent of stuff like resentment or frustration or whatever. In fact, you're mostly looking for answers to the fundamental way you relate to them. And unfortunately, you're also looking over there at them for that answer. So what I'd like you to start to embrace, I'd like you to start thinking about, is that you have a relationship to everyone around you that is there by default. Now, you've heard me in the past talk about your default self, stuff about yourself that's there by default negative thoughts, behaviors, whatever those things might be, certain certain characteristics or personality traits, those are all there by default. You don't have to think about them. They're automatically there. Well, those same things are also there in your relationship to others. And like I said, they're, they're very challenging to break up because we, we are in many ways functioning with them. And you could even say in in, in some aspects, even a little bit fucking addicted to it, right? A little bit like you kind of get off on it. Get off on what? Get off on the righteousness, the being right, right? Like nodding your head in that all-knowing way, like, oh, yeah, there you go again, always the same old guang, 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 right? All of that is a function of your default relationship to that person. You're gathering evidence that supports your default relationship to them. And so it's little wonder your struggle to have this fucking situation be different doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere because you've never taken on what's at the core. What is this relationship grounded in? Now, that's the first step. You have to get, you have to be honest with yourself. You know, you've heard me say this a fucking kajillion times, you know, all transformations begin with the truth, but it's never the truth about somebody else. It's always the fucking truth about yourself, about who you've been. And so if you start there and you look around you in your life, and if you have a relationship in your life right now that's not going the way you would want it to go, right? If it's not, and, and I don't mean like trying to control them. I mean, like if you're dissatisfied, unsettled, you know, whatever, dispassionate, whatever the thing might be. As is always the case, the answer is not over there with them. The answer is in uncovering your default relationship to them. Now, this should never be confused with you trying to make them be different. My views on that are, I mean, they're fucking everywhere. They're in videos, they're in books, they're in interviews that I've done, and on and on and on. So you really have to start to understand, like, you know, I take a primarily ex existentialist view of what it is to be a human being and you know which can reach all the way back to the great stoics and beyond 
you are the master of your own experience, which I also appreciate doesn't fit with a lot of um, modern views on the subject, but I don't fucking care um, because that's just how it is. You know, you are the master of your own experience. That doesn't make you the victim or that you're to blame for your own experience or none of that. So if any of you are going there, reel it way back fucking in, please. If I hear one more fucking person talk to me about victim shaming, you don't know what you're talking about. Deal with that. But anyway, your default relationship to that person or persons is the thing that rarely gets really gets investigated or, or really gets investigated in such a way that it changes it. I mean, people will look into things and you, you've probably done this. You've looked at some of your shit and kind of understood it at some level, but it doesn't change it. So in my view, that means you're not looking in the right places. Because when, when you really, when you really peel back the layers and you confront what's there, you don't even have to change it. The, what you're faced with is you can't stomach the idea of to continue doing it. Because for the first time, you're seeing what you're doing, what you're actually doing. And not, again, from this kind of victim-y, blame self-shaming, self-guilting, like none of that. Just like the stone-cold reality. And so if you are out to break through that crust of the that default relationship you have to another, that is the first step. First step is, who the fuck am I? Like, really, like, who am I? Not like, oh, yeah, but, you know, I've been dealing with a lot. Like, all right, all right, I get it. I get it. Okay. You have it a lot. You've gone through a lot. Okay, I can appreciate that, and I can empathize with that. But tell the truth about who you've been or have been being. Who have you been being? And stop with a instant like, oh, I've been protecting myself from the no. I mean, have you been vindictive? Have you been a cynical? Have you been abrasive? Have you been res resentful, disconnected, argumentative? Like, look at who you've been being. Look, what's driving your actions? You might not even be saying much, but what's driving your action? One of the big ways that people repay an emotional debt, by the way, is by withdrawing themselves. They deprive the other person of the love. It's all punishment, of course. Whether you like that or not, don't fucking care. That's how it is, okay? You just have to suck that particular bullshit up for yourself, okay? Um, but then what's the fucking alternative to the default? Like, if, if who I am with somebody is resentful, what's the alternative? Well, after I've confronted my own resentment, the impact that resentment's had on me, like, what's it like for me to be me living with fucking resentment? What's the impact being on this relationship with this other person, given that I've been now resenting? What's the impact on some of my other relationships? Can I see how it's feeding into my general sense of joy or satisfaction, fulfillment? Like, is it... It's it sucking the life out of me, my resentment. And you'll notice I'm be being very pointed with my words here because usually how we'll say what we'll say is, yeah, that person or my relationship with that person is sucking the life out of me. No, who you are about it is sucking the life out of you. So I'll say that again. Who 
you are about that is what's sucking the life out of you. You see, I, I said this and unfuck yourself. I said this in a different way and stop doing that shit and with a different context, but still the point stands. You're not driven by your cognitive, logical self. You're driven by the murky waters of your subconscious. Unfortunately, that doesn't get you off the hook for the results produced being driven by that. You're not like, oh, fuck, it's the subconscious, Gary. What can I do? Well, knowing that alone gives you choice. And if you're doing something that's somewhere in that head of yours, you know you should not do that because that's not going to be a good result for you, you're a fucking asshole. I mean, really. And I say that with all the love in the world as well, you know. You can't demand a, a transformed life, a changed life, and keep old behaviors, emotional states, triggers, hooks, and whatever's around for company. That shit's got to go too, along with your fucking addiction to it. So when you confront who you've been, and you really take stock of not your part in it, and you've heard me say this, this isn't do the work. If you haven't read that yet, fucking get it. It's not about your part in it. What have you been doing? Stop trying to fucking divide this out. Like, I am your bet, and then 10% for you, and then 2%. And well, you kind of fucked me over, so half a percent for you. And then, stop. Get a hold of yourself. Get a fucking hold of yourself. What are you doing? Who have you become? In the name of what? Seriously, like in the name of what? And I'm not even going to roll out that old live your best life fucking trope. You know, people will live shit lives and, and, and somewhere in their minds, like turn it into as good as it can get. So when you deal with that, when you actually get, yeah, I mean, here's what's true. I've been this person. And I've been this person and I've excused myself from the impact of it by laying into the person you are or the person you were, which is an irrelevance. And once you're there, and when you're there, it kind of gets you in the guts, you know. You First of all, you feel bad, and there is a bit of shame and guilt and all that kind of good shit. But then you get to a point where you're like, I'm a human being. Yeah, and I have been doing this. And then you're left with that person, that relationship to that person, and what has been there as a default relationship to that person. So what takes its place? Well, what takes its place is your created relationship to that person. What does that mean? Listen, if you can create who you are, you can say who I am is fucking power, who I am is successful, who I am is dynamic, who I am is relentless, who I am is willing. You can create who you are and live that life. Then the next obvious fucking step, my friends, is you can create who other people are for you. I could create you as loving. And I could hear your love even in your moments of anger. Or your moments of depression. Or your moments of confusion. 
or your moments of attempting to dominate or your moments of blah, 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 you get me. I choose to relate to you as something. And I'm not going to indulge anything else. I choose who you are. I choose you as who I create you to be. And in the everyday nature of one's relationships, amazing things happen. You start to hear it. The thing you create them as, you start to hear it. You start to see evidence for it. it. Starts to show up right in front of your eyes. Who they are for you becomes reality. It becomes reality. And you have to sometimes go beyond the surface of their everyday actions, the ones that you've become accustomed to, the ones that you relate to them as this way or that way. And I, and I, I go back to those times where I, where I really profoundly completed the past with my parents. And I, I chose them both as loving. And even in moments where they were like, you know, telling me I needed to do this thing or you should do that thing. In the past, I would have heard of all like criticism. Except this time I heard it like love. Like they don't want me to make mistakes. They want me to be successful and happy and fulfilled. But for a long time in my life, it only ever sounded like control and complaint. And that was my default relationship to them. When they opened their mouth, what I heard was control. When they opened their mouth, what I heard was complaint. I didn't want to be around that. I wanted to be a fucking away from that. I don't want to be around that shit. So they're just complaining, fucking trying to make me do shit. And then I heard something else when I created who they were for me. I heard love. I was in the presence of love. Therefore, when they said, do this or do that, I heard it in, a, in the way that one would hear something from somebody who cares about me. This person cares about me. That's why they're offering their opinion. Do I have to do that? No. Will I do that? And fucking likely not. No. But I started to acknowledge it. I started to authentically acknowledge it and say, listen, I appreciate you caring for me. What started to happen were conversations for love. Because love was being brought to the table. Love was the lens through which I chose to relate to these people. And that's what I ended up with in my life. When I dealt with who I was by default, when I dealt with who I'd made them to be by default, all there was now was creation, creating myself, creating them, and living that life. Sounds really simple, right? It fucking is really simple. But like with everything, I never said it was easy. But it is simple. And it all begins with a choice. Choosing who you are. Choosing who they are for you. And acting accordingly. All right, in a minute, we're going to go on a short break. Again, if you want to be part of the show, if you've got a question for me or a conundrum, 646-450-3203, call me on that number, leave me a message, or text me on that number. All right, I'll get, I'll get 
lots of messages by text from people. Um, so feel free to contact me with maybe a subject that you would like me to take on. Um, because, you know, the truth of it is when you do something like a podcast, you know, you're speaking into the great unknown. You have no fucking idea who's listening. And occasionally I'll get people say, I'm listening and this is making a difference for me. But like with all podcasts, you know, not everyone who's listening is communicating. Most of the communication is one way. It's coming from me to your ears. So get back to me. I want to hear from you right where you are. I want to hear your voice, your concerns, what you're dealing with. 646-450-3203. And then you can also uh, contact me at connect at garyjohnbishop.com. And, you know, who knows? Maybe your question will be in a future episode. Now, I want to get this in, though, before we go to a break, because this uh, coming holiday season, Christmas, Hanukkah, all that stuff, gift-giving season, gift-receiving season for many people, this is a shameless plug for some very cool fucking stuff we've got this year. So the new Unfuck Yourself Planner is coming out this year, the first ever planner. I have one in my hand. They're gorgeous. They're quality. They're useful. It's been well documented that promises and plans that you write down, you're far, 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 far more likely to follow up on than the shit that you register in the background of your mind. Okay. So this planner is a must, by the way, for those of you that are really serious and taking on your life. And I really mean that. I'm not just fucking plugging that. Like if you're serious but taking on your life, you want to empower yourself. You want to have the right tools. I love this fucking planner. I'm so proud of the work that the design people did to pull it together. It's a quality, quality product. Great for yourself. Great for your family members. And I'll be talking about it a little bit more in the coming weeks. But also, it's not too early yet to start getting your orders in for your 2023, fucking hell, I can't believe, can you believe that, 2023, holy moly, all right, your 2023 calendar, it never ceases to amaze me, the amount of people who turn around in June and say, I never heard of your calendar, where can I get one, I'm like, it's fucking June, man, you missed six months of it, right, so your brand new 2023 unfuck yourself calendar is available now everywhere you get calendars and planner stuff, like Amazon and bookstores and, and, you know, you got to, and if it's not in your local bookstore, you know what you got to do. You got to bang the drum. I spent a few months here uh, in England during the summer. And one of the things that I did was I went looking in the bookstores for copies of Unfuck Yourself. Didn't see too many in certain stores. And so I, I just fucking asked him, have you got that book? Oh, no, we don't have that book. Oh, we need to get it in. All right, we will. All right, good. Right. I want to make sure it gets available and gets, and gets in people's hands. So anyway, shameless plug uh, over. But the new planner and the new calendar are out now. You need to go find your copies, get them ordered. Great gifts, great for yourself, great all around. All right, we'll be back in just Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. 
so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. All right, all right. Welcome back to the second part of the show. This question is a very simple one for this part of the show, but there's there's actually a lot to it. So I wanted to take this really simple question. The question comes from Alan, okay? And Alan asks, I have only recently come across you. I really love what you're doing, what you're saying. I actually first found you on TikTok, uh, which if you guys haven't heard yet, yeah, I'm on the TikTok. Where do I start? I would love to finally take on my life but need some guidance to determine where to start. All right, Alan, I'm going to give it to you. And this is for everybody. We live in a state of confusion sometimes, right? You wouldn't be the first person who's acquiesced to the notion of confusion. And I think part of that is, though, because we look too far down the line. We're looking like, well, what happens in three months and six months and eight months and 10 months? Not only do I not think that way too often, although, you know, I do plan for things, but life is only ever happening in moments of now. You know, if you think about it, there is no future. It's not a thing. It's a series of thoughts and the associated emotional states that you have about those thoughts. There's, there's nothing written. It's not determined. That's why I don't ascribe to bullshit like fate. The only thing that's fated to happen is whatever you're acting upon right now. So the easy answer or the quick answer to your question, Alan, is what in your life right now requires your attention? What in your life? Just look at one thing. You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, so many fucking things. That's more confusion. Stop. That's more of it. Focus on one thing. What's the thing that just came to mind right there when I said the one thing in your life that you feel as if requires your attention. All right. Now, if you're new to my work, pick a fucking book. So anyway, what does all of this mean to you? Well, quite simply, you know, when you look at the immediacy of your life, when you look at what's going on around you, there are always things that immediately catch your attention. And so to really take on your life, to cut through the morass, to cut through the, the massive confusion that many people live in, and remember, confusion in just so many cases is really just um, an environment where people get to hide out from making a change. But if you pick an item, like I said, pick an item, pick an area of your life, pick a book, apply that book to that area of your life, you'll get insight. And I'm not kidding. You could be dealing with your fucking finances right now or your body or whatever. And you pick up Love Unfucked and you read that in its entirety and imply the area of your life to that book, you will see the way out. Ultimately, what I need you to get here, Alan, and everybody to get who's listening to this right now, there's no hiding place. You can't hide. Right? If, you, if you're truly out to change your life, it requires you to take 
action, even if you're not fully sure about what all of that is. I've seen so many people pause, stop, get derailed because they don't have a clear picture of the whole thing all the way through. And like I said a little bit earlier, I don't, I don't have that. I don't, I don't function that way. I, I solve the problems that are in front of my face right now. And then the next ones, and then the next ones, and then the next ones, and then the next ones. And at some point I look back and I'm like, holy shit, that was, I got a lot of stuff done there. If I look down the line of all the things I need to do and where I'm going, and it's over fucking whelming. That's why you end up in that space of confusion. So Alan, it really is about isolating. And it's not like, well, which one is best? Stop with that shit too. It's not about the best one, the right one. Fucking pick one. You have to pick one because that's where the answer is. You have to pick one, isolate it, handle it, pick the next one, isolate it, handle it. A preference of mine that I like to do is I like to choose something that I feel is pivotal. But in the absence of that, I'll just choose the next thing. So if I'm going to make a big decision in life, the first decision that I come to is, am I going to do it or not do it? If I'm going to do it, then I just go ahead and solve the problems that come with what I'm going to do. That's the first thing to get out of the way. Most people are like, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it or not going to do it because here's all the problems associated with doing it. I don't do that. I say, am I going to do it or not do it? All right, I'm doing it. And then I turn around and I look at all the fucking problems that are there that are associated with doing it. And I start chunking my way through them one by one by one, Alan. There is no best place to start. There is no right place to start. There's no right time to start. There's no best time to start. Start. All right, you guys, that's that for this week. Thank you so much for being a loyal listener to the nation. And don't forget to check out that calendar and planner that's out now. And if you haven't checked out the Unfuck store, uh, you got to check that out. We still got some kick-ass t-shirts and sweatshirts there, especially when we're coming into this winter time. Everybody needs a good Unfuck Yourself sweatshirt. All right, you guys, that's it. Thank you. Have a great one. I'll see you on the flip side. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.